Man, He is Lord. He is Lord and He can do what we cannot. If He couldn't, He wouldn't be worth worshiping. If we could do it all on our own, we wouldn't need Him. And in case you're not aware of it, we need Him. And one of the things that He can do that we cannot is to transform us. I loved last weekend being on the campus at Olivet Nazarene University and seeing the transformation of the campus. There's some stuff that's familiar from the years that we've been gone. But there's also a whole bunch that has changed. That was awesome. It would have been depressing. If we would have driven onto campus and gone, everything looks exactly like it did. That's not how life is supposed to be. We move, we change, we transform, but the message never changes. One of the things that came through, even at an athletic banquet, was the fact that what came first in every part of what they were doing was Jesus. Seeing lives changed for Christ and people serving Him. But the transformation that took place on the campus and all kinds of things. The gym that they were playing in is new compared to when we were there. It's old now, I guess. But the one we were in was ancient and it was awesome. We had an amazing home court advantage in that little old gym. With the running track hanging over the edges of the court and... It was great, but I love the new place. You know, when it comes to serving Christ, we need to keep seeking for him to do new things in us and among us. We should not be just the same, nor should our church in what we do, but the message never changes. What we're looking at this morning as we continue to say that it's time is that it's time to be transformed. To be transformed, changed. And the passage of Scripture that's most known for this is two verses in the book of Romans in the New Testament. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. There's a lot of other references we could go to this morning, but there's so much just in these two verses. This is where we're going to park and stay this morning. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And I'm reading from the English Standard Version, and God's Word says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. To be transformed. We've been called to be transformed. Now, we have a part in this, but the biggest and best part is what God does in us through the power of His Holy Spirit. But we have to make some choices for that to happen. And it's interesting to me also that in this passage, and in verse 2 in particular, 
excuse me, we get a contrast from being transformed and being the opposite of being transformed. So I want us to look at that. What not to do and what we should do. The first is do not be conformed. Do not be conformed. The scripture says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Do not be conformed. To be conformed is to be shaped or fashioned like another. To be shaped like another or formed like another. The Phillips translation says, don't allow the world to squeeze you into its mold. You ever feel like you're being squeezed in some directions you don't really want to go? You don't have to do that. You don't have to allow that to happen. In fact, the do not here is do not be conformed, shaped or fashioned like another. It's possible to be among a group and not be shaped by that group. It's not easy, but it's possible. So let me ask you, who is shaping you? Where is the shaping happening? Are you helping to shape others more toward Christ? Or are you allowing others to shape you away from him? One of my good friends said one time that in looking at this passage and trying to understand this, he said, it's kind of like I'm wearing all white with a bucket of white paint and a brush. And the person I'm standing opposite from is wearing all black with a paintbrush and a bucket of black paint and we're both flipping paint on each other says what we need to do is call time out look down and see do I have more of his paint on me or does he have more of my paint on him that's this picture don't allow yourself to be painted by others conformed shaped and fashioned like another in fact, the specific reference given in verse 2 is, do not be conformed to or by the world. Now, we throw that phrase around way too much in the church, the world. What is being referenced here means the culture that you live in, the culture surrounding you. Do not allow yourself to be conformed by the culture unless the culture is following Christ. The culture itself is not good or bad. It's the people in the culture that determine that. We need to quit railing about the world and start reaching people who are in the world. Do not be conformed to the world's patterns, its culture, unless it's following Christ. In other words, we need to avoid being molded by anything but Christ. Because some of you may have heard that to be conformed means to be shaped or fashioned after another. And you go, isn't that what we're supposed to do with Christ? Yes. But notice he didn't just say, do not be conformed. He said, don't be conformed to everything around you. Instead, be transformed, be formed by Christ, his word, his will, his call on our life, what he wants for us. If you're going to conform, conform to Christ. 
And we have an influence on those around us. And some of you go, I don't have any influence. If you're still fogging a mirror, you have influence. Somebody asked me the other day, what do you mean when you say fogging a mirror? Well, if you're alive, you're breathing. And if you put a mirror up, you'll fog it. If you want to find out if you're still alive, hold a mirror up. Breathe. And if there's no condensation on there, we'll be having your service soon. Do not be conformed by the world. Molded by it. Choose who you will be molded by. It's your choice. In fact, you need to pursue being molded by Christ. We have an influence, but we have to ask, are we helping to shape and mold others like Christ? Or are they shaping and molding us like the world, the culture, things away from Christ? I started listing some things that, you know, I mean, what does conformity look like? My problem was my list was about five pages long, so I cut it down into three simple statements. Conformity looks like choosing what's popular instead of what's right. Sometimes what's popular is right. But conformity is choosing the popularity instead of what's right first. Heard a pastor just this morning speaking about being a witness and the fact that the gospel is actually offensive to people who aren't following the gospel. And I love that he added this tag. The gospel is offensive to those who are away from Christ, but we don't have to be offensive while we share it. Right? In fact, you're going to push them away if you're being offensive as you do it. Conformity looks like choosing what's popular instead of what's right. Conformity looks like choosing what is easiest instead of what is true. Have you noticed that generally a whole bunch of the products, most of the products, maybe 90% of the products, if I keep talking, it'll get higher. But of the products that are for our personal use, almost always use the word comfort or ease when trying to sell you their product. This will make life easier for you. It'll bring you comfort. Now, I'm not against ease or comfort. I wear my remote out. And whoever invented that should be in the Hall of Fame of inventors if they're not already. I remember when I was the remote. I'm old enough for that. Not only the remote, but the antenna adjuster. For those of you under 40, Google antennas. You, you don't know what those are. But... We have to be careful that we don't choose it just because it's easy when it's not right. Because here's the key. If it's not right, it's not right under any circumstances. It's not even right just a little if it's not right. Conformity looks like choosing what's easiest 
instead of what's right. And my third statement is this. Conformity looks like trying to fit in instead of moving others toward Christ. We don't... Style and things like that are amoral. They are not immoral, nor are they moral. There are immoral styles, but style by itself is not. But we have to be careful here that we don't just try to fit in for fitting in sake, for popularity's sake, for comfort and ease sake. And sometimes that means making some tough choices. Parents, sometimes you have to make some tough tough choices to go against the style of our culture for your children. And by the way, they're your children. You are their parent. It is your call, not theirs. If I start going down that, we're going to be here a while. But it's really good stuff. Conformity looks like trying to fit in instead of what's true. Trying to fit in instead of doing what's right. Trying to fit in instead of moving others toward Christ. And though the gospel may be offensive to those who are not living the gospel, it is also attractive because of Jesus. In Jesus' day, It was not those who were the sinners who got offended by Jesus. Not the obvious sinners. It was those who were pretending. I don't know why I'm doing air quotes. Did I do it right though? Anyway, it was not. Man, I lost all train of thought right there. Back to the notes. (laughs) We need... To keep pushing Jesus. Conformity is doing the opposite. Moving away. It is showing something other than Christ to those around us. Conformity to anything but Christ is to be avoided. So what should we do? The scripture is clear that we need to be transformed. 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 The interesting thing is the word that we translate in English to transform in the original language in Scripture is literally the word metamorphosis. Somewhere in school you heard that word. You don't know how to spell it, but you've heard that word. I thought I knew how to spell it till I started typing it this week and my computer went wrong, wrong. I, autocorrect is really humiliating sometimes on there. Metamorphosis or transformation is to change into another form. A tangible, noticeable change. Changed into another form means that we think Act and speak differently. It's not enough to just think differently. You need to act it and say it. It's not enough to say it if you're not acting it and thinking it. It's not enough to act it 
if you don't believe it and think it. To be transformed is to have a metamorphosis, to be changed into another form. What form are you being changed into? <laughs> One of the amusing things Jody referred to earlier from last weekend is trying to figure out, well, they look old, so maybe we know them. Because we decided not everybody's aged as well as we have. But it, it is, um, part of it is like, did I play with you? <laughs> Were we on the same team? But most of them, when I got face to face, like, oh yeah, now I see it. We had all changed. There was a little more in some areas and a little less in other areas and coloring was no longer the same unless it was artificial. There were more glasses than there were when we played. We had been transformed. But the transformation we're speaking of here and from Romans 12 too, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. What you think impacts your transformation. And what you think is impacted by what you see, what you read, what you hear, and who you spend time with. Those things matter. It's not a matter of avoiding those who disagree with us. Who don't believe what we believe. But it's a matter of making sure we are in enough community. Together with other believers. So that we have the strength, support and knowledge. That we're not in this alone. As we reach a world who desperately needs Jesus Christ. We gather here on Sunday morning. To be a community. To learn more. To be hopefully inspired, filled, changed. So that we can go out and change the world. We don't exist and have this 10 o'clock time together just so we feel better about ourselves. That's a mistake. It is so that we know better how to take him into the world. To be transformed. And to be transformed is not just an imitation, but a change to another form. To be more Christ-like. Now, some of you, good memories are going, well, a few weeks ago, you talked about we should imitate Christ. Yes. We should imitate him as we become more like him. But we need to be careful and not just imitate him without becoming more like him. One is a performance. The other is a lifestyle change. It's time. 
to be transformed, not just to imitate, but to be changed into the form that Christ desires. We should follow Christ. We should imitate him, but it should be done as we literally are changing to be more like him, not pretending to be more like him, but have a true change, a transformation Because what we've been called to, and the scripture says it so clearly, is to be changed to be more like Christ and take on his image. One of the very first Promise Keepers events, the men's movement that was still going some but was so strong so many years ago that I went to The pastor stood up in the crowd that I was in in Indianapolis, Indiana. And he said, if God is your father, then I am your brother. He and I didn't look alike. But he was my brother. One of the beauties of going to different countries a few times, meeting with missionaries and believers in other countries, was to meet brothers and sisters in Christ. And we don't look alike. We don't dress alike. We don't do the same stuff. But we were brothers and sisters, and that was evident quickly. See, we are to be changed into his image. My sincere prayer for myself and for you is that we would follow so closely behind Jesus that people mistake us for him. I don't mean that in an arrogant way. I don't mean that in, I hope they follow me instead of him. I mean that I am acting so much like him that people see Jesus in me so they can get to Jesus. The Apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Some people get hung up on the fact that he said, follow me, when they leave off the most important part. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. That should be the prayer for all of us. And some of you are going, I'm not telling anybody to follow me. I'm still stumbling and bumbling through this thing. That's okay. You're following him. They used to talk about in biblical times with the rabbis, teachers, that the students who were most favored by the rabbi got to stand closest to them even when they traveled. And they did not have concrete. They did not have pavement. They had Dirt roads, basically. Well, dirt roads, when it's not rainy season, kick up dust. So that those who were walking behind their rabbi, their teacher, would get the dust of the rabbi all over them. And there was a common phrase among those who followed closely. And the phrase, I'm not going to get the saying right, but it meant... May the dust of your master, your rabbi, your teacher be all over you. I think it's time for some of us to look down. 
and see if we're dusty or not. To see what's on us and in us. If it's not Jesus, something needs to change. It requires, if you're going to be transformed, first and foremost, it requires you accepting Christ's forgiveness and salvation personally for you. It's the first step in your metamorphosis. You cannot become like him until you've taken that step. A conscious choice on your part to say yes to Jesus. I accept your forgiveness. I confess my need of you. There must be a moment, a conscious moment in time when you've done that. Otherwise, you're just pretending. We don't need any more pretenders. We need more followers, more disciples, more who are being shaped and molded into his image. If you haven't taken that step, take it. You can do it right now. I'd be happy to talk with you after church or anytime about that. And you're sitting around some people who would be happy to talk to you about it. You got to take that step, a personal decision for Jesus Christ. I love hearing people's stories about that. We got some sitting out here who have phenomenal stories. And when I hear them, I love it when I can see them as well as hear them. Because many of them, the smile that comes on their face as they remember is awesome. But also, almost always, the tears in the eyes in gratitude. Have you made that step? There's no transformation until then. That's the beginning of the transformation. Then, if you've taken that step, it requires you surrendering control to Christ and His Holy Spirit. Those are two words we don't like to stick together. We like surrender if it's you. And we like control if it's us. Right? You're afraid to nod. <laughs> What's he going to say next? I don't want to agree with that. But it's true. I love your surrender. I don't enjoy mine as much. Because to surrender means to give up control. I've told you before about the book I bought. Haven't read yet because I don't want to. But I bought it because of the title that said, Help, I'm Married to a Control Freak. <laughs> and I didn't buy it because I needed it. To take the next step, to truly be transformed, 
requires us to surrender control to Christ, to his Holy Spirit. Upon recognizing the need to go deeper. To be more like Christ. Not just sheer willpower because that doesn't last. Look at every gym by the end of January. Willpower will only go so long. We must surrender control to him. And then, and we too often miss this, that surrender must be ongoing. Because you're facing new stuff today that you didn't surrender yesterday because you had never had it before. For me, I, when I surrendered control, Jody and I were married, so yeah, I surrendered my marriage to him. We didn't have any kids yet, so with each kid, I had to make that choice to surrender that. We're to never stop growing in our relationship with Christ. We're to never stop serving him and others. We're to never stop learning about him. And we're to never stop surrendering. So let me ask you, who are you conforming to right now? Have you taken the first step in transformation in a personal relationship with Christ, saying yes to him, confessing your need of him? If not, why not now? And will you take the next right step? And if you've been doing this a while, let me ask you this. Is your transformation ongoing or is it stagnant? Are you stuck or is God continuing to transform you into his likeness? That's his call to us. And it's time to be transformed. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Please. If you're here this morning and saying, man, I, yeah, I've been trying to transform and I've never taken the first step. I just thought showing up here was all I had to do. I just thought having a Bible and looking at it occasionally was all I had to do. I just thought if I said the right phrases, began to learn some of the songs, that's all I had to do. But if this is a moment where you've been awakened to the fact that you need to take the first step. And you're ready to take that step this day, this moment to say yes to Jesus for yourself. Would you just raise your hand right where you are saying, yep, I want to take this first step. Lord, this is the beginning of my thank you, my transformation. Thank you. This is the first step. Thank you. Now, I wonder for some of you who've taken that step, 
if you're recognizing, <laughs> I've not given him control. And it's time. It's time to say, Lord, you take over. Take over my life. Take over all my stuff. Take over my schedule, my control of everything. If this is that moment that you choose to surrender control so that he can transform you into who he wants you to be, would you just raise your hand? I'm going to be praying for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you raised your hand, God's doing his work. You need to just keep saying yes to that next right step he's guiding you to. Jesus, thank you today for new life in Christ. For some who confessed a need for that first step. I pray right now you would speak to their heart clearly that you would confirm in their heart and their mind that you have already paid the price for them, that they are your child, forgiven, filled with your grace. And Lord, I pray for those who have made a decision not easy, maybe still kind of with some clenched fists saying, I'm surrendering control. Lord, if necessary, pry their hands open. Guide them into understanding that you are God and they have surrendered to you and you have what's best for them in mind. Lord, I pray there would be confirmation in their heart and their mind and that this week they would bump up against scriptures that confirm it. They would bump into some people who confirm it. They would bump into some other people they're able to share it with. Because, Lord, it's time for us to be transformed so that your church is transformed so that we can move the world toward you instead of the other way around. So thank you for the work you've done. Thank you for the obedience of your people. Lord, as we go from here today, may we go forward knowing we're transformed knowing whose image we are seeking and showing and sharing that with those we come in contact with. I pray this in the precious, transforming name of Jesus. Amen.